page 136 we stand. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, employing him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sins. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your punishment, now and forever. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession. I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The introit. Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Deal with thy servant according to thy mercy. Thank you. 
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, we beseech thee, grant thy people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds to follow thee, the only God. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. of 1st Samuel and Hannah prayed and said my heart rejoices in the Lord my horn is exalted in the Lord I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation no one is holy like the Lord for there is none beside you nor is there any rock like our God talk no more so Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to be hungry. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts high. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth, He will give strength to his king and exalt the horns of his anointed. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from the fourth chapter of Ephesians. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. By the word of the Lord, for thy 
Gospel reading according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Now it happened as Jesus went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus, answering, spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding this thing. So he told a parable to those who were invited. When he noted how they closed, or when how when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, "When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him." And he who invited you and him comes and says to you, "Give place to this man." Then you will. Be, Then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invites you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sat at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and the Lord of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, 
who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. You may be seated. The hymn of the day is in your white sheet, and the choir will sing stanzas two and three.
Our sermon text is from Luke 14, verse 11. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. The Christian is commanded to be humble regarding himself. You see, you did not work hard to achieve your status as child of God. You became a Christian because, well, of what God did. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. It was Christ who died for you. He paid the price for your salvation. And that precious gift of salvation was offered to you freely through the preaching of God's Word. The Holy Spirit then in that Word worked faith in your heart when He called you by the Gospel and enlightened you with His gifts. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7, it states, And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Yes, the Christian, the humble, know that their salvation is utterly beyond themselves. They're not able to contribute even the smallest thing. True humility follows faith. The humble submit to their word and they receive Christ's teaching. The Christian is also commanded to be humble Regarding others. St. Paul in today's epistle speaks of humbleness, but it's translated by the word lowly, lowliness. Here's what it says I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. So the contrast between, well, the lives of unbelievers and believers is as starkly different as like and white. St. Paul says of our former behavior, he says, We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. St. Paul says in today's epistle, contrast it with lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit by the bond of peace. What a contrast. You see, there's been a change. There's been a change in you. You are called to be Christian, and my humble Christian friend, then you were exalted. In your baptism, you died with Christ, and you were raised up with Christ. And St. Paul in today's epistle says, we ought to consider our Christian calling. You see, Christians don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Your calling to be a Christian is seen by others in your Christian walk. And your Christian walk, well has reached quite a height. A little later in Ephesians 4, 
St. Paul says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. You see, we are to walk different. You are not to walk as unbelievers or live like them. We are to live in righteousness and innocence and blessedness. And yet, we do that humbly. St. Paul makes it clear that we are to consider or regard our Christianity with lowliness and with humbleness toward others. Through the teaching of God's word, you do not offer up the sacrifice of fools, but you have come this day to receive forgiveness, which is none other than to receive the highest worship. You do not belittle others, because they do not know any better. They need to be taught the word of God, otherwise, like you, you wouldn't know the difference. Don't act as if it is to your great credit that you lead a Christian life. Again, that 1 Corinthians 4, 7. And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did and did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? The humble Christian knows that their Christian life has been received as a good work from God, a gift from him. And it's also utterly beyond ourselves. You're not able to contribute even the smallest thing. And so true humility follows faith. The humble submit to their Lord's word, and they receive Christ's teaching. The Pharisee in the temple is prideful when he says, God, I thank you I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give tithes of all that I profess. You see, the prideful are too busy looking down at others, and thus they never receive God's gracious lifting up. Those who are humble, though, they know their lowly position, and they are looking up to receive God's help. Third, the Christian is also commanded to be humble regarding God. First Peter 5, 5, it says, Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In today's Holy Gospel, we see that one of the rulers of the Pharisees invited Jesus to come to his house. And this invitation should have been an occasion for him to receive Christ's teaching. But no. Nevertheless, these Pharisees and teachers of the law, they were proud, too proud. They weren't going to listen to Jesus. Instead, we hear in the text... They came to watch Jesus closely. That is, they invited him so that they might catch him, trying to catch him doing something wrong. More than that, they even planted a sick person at this Sabbath meal in order to assure that Jesus, well, of course, he would heal him, and then they would catch him because he would be breaking the Sabbath. You see, they're boasting their pride prevented them from receiving God's gifts in his word. 
When Jesus sees what is going on at this meal, he tries to engage them. In a discussion of the word, he says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But like a stuck-up teenager, they won't even answer his question. Finally, Jesus tries to point out their inconsistency. They'll allow a donkey to be lifted out on the Sabbath to set him free, but they condemn the setting free of a sick man who is caught in his disease and won't let Jesus heal on the Sabbath. What do they have to say? Once again, they could not answer him regarding these things. Those who have exalted themselves will not be taught by God. The only way that we can be saved by God is through his humbling of us and then his exaltation. First of all, we see that it was Jesus who humbled himself and became a man that he might take upon himself the suffering and death that we deserve. It was his great love that led him to his state of humiliation. And once he had completed the atonement of our salvation, the Father exalted him to the right hand. Secondly, our ascended and risen Lord then instituted the pastoral office so that disciples might be made through baptizing and teaching. We need the teaching of the law so that it will show us our sins and it will humble us so that we confess them. We need the teaching of the gospel, the forgiveness of sins, to show us our Savior, Jesus, so that through faith we are exalted to an eternal inheritance in heaven. Third, in holy baptism, we're humbled and exalted. Romans 6, verse 5 says, For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we will also be united in his resurrection. We were humbled when we were put to death. We were exalted when we were forgiven and given a new resurrected life. So Paul goes on to say in Romans 6, verse 11, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Christians cry for mercy. It's never done. The epistle says, Deal with your servant. The introit says, Deal with thy servant according to thy mercy. The Christian's cry for mercy reveals a continual humbleness of the believer before God. Though we have been forgiven, that is true, God is still working through us. And we still need not boast of ourselves, nor boast before our neighbor or boast before God. We are to remain humble as he has taught us. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. But he who humbles himself will be exalted. Today's collect asks for grace to withstand the temptations of the devil. Well, the temptation of the devil, which we see in today's readings, is pride. Yes, self-righteous pride. Luther says it is difficult for a man who excels in gifts not to be proud. But God leads those 
whom he has graced with great gifts into very great temptations that they might learn that they are nothing. So St. Paul carried a thorn in the flesh that he might not become proud. Pride hurled the angels out of heaven and it ruins many ministers. Thus says Luther. So finally, we must pray as we have done for pure hearts and pure minds to follow thee, the one true God, the only God. We don't just desire good works of words and actions, but we desire, well, we desire a change. Pure hearts and pure minds. We desire to be humble, humble followers of God. Philippians 2 says it this way, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death of the cross. And so Philippians 2 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness, there it is, lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. So, let each of you look not to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Let us do as St. Paul says, consider our calling, our calling to be a Christian, and then in humility follow Christ, who gives pure hearts and pure minds. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Page 143. Create in me. Create in me a Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Almighty God, everlasting Father, we give you thanks that your Son, Jesus Christ, showed us his love by humbling himself unto death that we might be exalted with him in heaven forever. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord O Lord, we ask that your church would not give out love and forgiveness based on the works of the law but based upon the perfect compassion of Jesus Christ. We ask that all pastors in Christ, our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary, that they would humble themselves by serving the church according to their calling with the assurance that Christ would lift them up. We ask that the teachers at our learning center, along with our director Keeley, that they would be completely humble, gentle, patient, and bear with one another in love. Let us pray to the Lord. Guide and support all government officials, especially those who serve in positions of authority, including our President Joe, our Governor J.B., our Mayor Steve, as well as the civil servants and police of this community. 
that those who have been entrusted with community affairs may administer them in good faith. Protect those who serve in our armed forces, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, as well as our police officers, including Daniel and Alex, that they may diligently carry out their duties and be protected from all harm and danger. Let us pray to the Lord. Bless our shut-ins, Carolyn and Patty and Tom, our elderly Violet. Provide for the needs of Kevin and Levi, Larry and Deb, Christina, Harold, Jim and Charlotte, Denise and Melanie. We give thanks to you for the uh, successful surgery for Shirley. We ask your blessing upon Anita, whose surgery is coming up this week. Be with uh, those who are pregnant and their unborn child with Susan and Christina. And bless our students, Tom, Kara, Jonathan, Sarah, Sadie, and Alexis. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord O Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Yeah. 
Lord of heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into the flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. We implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.